Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, December the 5th, and my mission as MLA for Cumberland North continues to be representing you in the Nova Scotia Legislature. I'm an independent MLA, and I work for you, the people. Right now, my work is here, right here in the constituency of Cumberland North. I'm working on local issues, as well as preparing for the spring session of the Nova Scotia Legislature. Together with you, I believe we can build a stronger Cumberland North, building on the foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty as a very strong foundational building block, being a servant leader and empowering all people, each and every person I believe is valuable and special and important here and throughout all the world. I believe together we can build a stronger Cumberland North if we use the strength of our veterans, those who have gone before us through bravery and courage, representing and sacrificing for our great country of Canada. And I believe, again, we can build a stronger Cumberland North if we focus and stand firm on the four pillars of excellence in healthcare, poverty reduction, caring for our Mother Earth, and entrepreneurship in our economy. I also believe that if we embrace our diversity, the differences that we have amongst ourselves, as well as strive for equity and inclusiveness, along with celebrating our history. We have such rich history here in Cumberland County and Nova Scotia and the Maritimes and celebrate the arts and culture of our people. We will become much stronger as an area. It's a busy time in politics, both here at home as well as abroad. Abroad, there's many geopolitical tensions around the world, including tensions in China uh, with their COVID lockdowns that we're seeing. We're seeing protests in this communist country that we've never seen before, and the world is watching. Russia and Ukraine continue to be in war, and that is affecting the global energy demand as well as the potash supply, which affects dramatically the supply chain for artificial fertilizers. And then of course, the impact of a decrease in the available fertilizer supply directly impacts the ability to grow and supply food for the entire world. Countries like Morocco are stepping up in to help try to fill the gap with the potash and fertilizer supply. But of course, they're capitalizing on this a demand and the their financial opportunity for their country and we're seeing huge increases in the price of fertilizer uh, which again increases the price of food. We've seen protests around the world due to Iran and their quote morality police end quote and to, to do with their treatment of women and just in this last few days we've seen them shut down their morality police due to the worldwide, worldwide protest after a woman was killed for not following their strict protocols. The American political scene is heating up post midterms as everyone is watching to see if Donald Trump will be the presidential candidate for the Republicans. The political scene in the states affects us directly through media as well as they're our number one trading partner. So we're all watching closely to see what is happening uh, politically in the states. There is a real, a very real threat of a global recession and those responsible for monetary policies around the world and individual countries are increasing interest rates to try, to try and cool inflation, but trying not to slow their economies too much. 
healthcare systems are struggling around the world from high COVID virus infections coupled with high incidence of influenza rates this fall season. We're seeing it right here in Nova Scotia and throughout all of Canada. And then, of course, housing. Housing supply is low across all of Canada, as it is right here in the town of Amherst, in the county of Cumberland, and in Nova Scotia. Just about every town and city across the country is grappling with high numbers of people living unsheltered. Cold weather is coming, and of course, the cost of heating our homes and buildings has also increased with the crisis around the, the high energy prices around the world. So there's no shortage of issues. Although healthcare crisis dominates the day-to-day -day lives of our healthcare professionals and really the people living here and throughout all of Canada, uh, the rising cost of energy, though, does seem to be taking up a lot of the local political oxygen here, at least here in Nova Scotia. There has been a lot of upheaval uh, here in Nova Scotia with the government and the independent utility regulator, the UARB and Nova Scotia Power owned by Amera. This was on the agenda in the fall session of the legislature with a bill that looked to restrict the amount that uh, Nova Scotia electricity rates could increase over the next couple of years. However, that bill did not uh, look at the increasing fuel costs. So, of course, last week and the week before, the UARB, Nova Scotia Power, there was an announcement that they're looking at pretty significant increase of electricity rates over the next couple of years, and that has caused a lot of a lot of political upheaval here. So we'll see. We'll be keeping a close eye on that. And, of course, as your MLA for Cumberland North, I have asked for the Premier, for Minister of Finance, Alan McMaster, to reduce or remove the provincial mode of fuel tax on the price of fuel that would help with our home energy uh, fuel prices as well as gas at the pumps. And we are seeing a pretty significant increase in the amount of taxes collected on this if you look at HST, for example, if you're getting 15% on a dollar versus 15% on $2, that you can see the, you're going to have quite an increase in the amount of tax that's being collected on these fossil fuels. So myself, as well as many other MLAs across the province, have asked the government to provide some sort of tax relief on the price of fuel. Uh, given the fact that people, especially here in rural Nova Scotia, have to travel. We cannot uh, walk, we cannot bike, especially during the winter, to our places of work. We also have to drive to things like hospital for medical appointments. And we, many of us, still use oil to heat our homes. So it's very important that uh, that our government here in Nova Scotia follow the lead of many other governments, many other provincial governments across Canada, and provide some form of tax relief uh, this winter. So we're still waiting for that, and we're still asking for that. So I wanted you to know that that is something I've been working on uh, as your MLA, and will continue to do so. Also, something that I've been watching uh, very closely, on a national level, there is a bill that's been introduced by the new Premier of Alberta, Danielle Smith, and it's drawn the attention of many political onlookers. The bill is entitled the Alberta Sovereignty Act, 
And I'm watching this very closely because something that I've thought for a long time and the longer that I am an elected uh, MLA for here in Cumberland North, the more that I'm convinced that we need something here in the maritime region to unite us, make us stronger as a region, have a stronger voice at the national table. So I'm watching very closely to see the reaction of the country, really, of this new piece of legislation that Premier Danielle Smith has tabled in Alberta. Now, it's fairly controversial, and one of the things that I even question myself is this bill does allow cabinet, so the executive council of the Alberta government, to override and make decisions on legislation without requiring it being brought to the legislature and having all of the MLAs uh, vote on that and debate in in the Alberta legislature. So I did see uh, a media story just this morning to say that the Premier of Alberta is taking a second look at that part of the bill. And of course, because that actually removes the Democratic voice. Of course, I believe in strong leadership, and I think it's important that every province have a strong cabinet, a strong executive council. But no changes to legislation should take place without the input of all MLAs, without the input of every elected voice. Because by removing that, you remove democracy. So just for example, if there's a piece of legislation, whether it's a new piece or an amendment to an existing piece of legislation here in Nova Scotia, that is brought to the legislature and every elected MLA, all 55 here in Nova Scotia, have an opportunity to speak to that. And based on democracy, the elected person should be speaking on behalf of the people that elected them so that you have your voice at the table. And we call, we refer to the legislature as the people's house because each elected person has an opportunity or should have an opportunity to speak to legislative changes. So going back to this proposed bill in Alberta, that is one of the pieces of that new Alberta Sovereignty Act that has drawn some con some criticism because it, it would remove that democratic voice and allow cabinet in, Al in Alberta to make unilateral changes. So I'll be watching that very, very closely. And going back to the Maritimes and, and our region, I've, I've thought for a long time we need to do more to make us stronger as a region. Because when you look at the history of our area, pre-Confederation, so pre-1867, the Maritime region was actually an economic stronghold for North America. So I see a need for the maritime provinces to unite and work as a region to have a stronger voice at the national table. Now, I'm not suggesting a Maritime Sovereignty Act, but I am suggesting that there's a need for political changes. And I believe that now is the right time. The pandemic has created opportunities for change and movement. Confederation took away our geographical strength to trade with our natural trade partners, which is the U.S. Eastern Seaboard. Those natural economic corridors were exposed during the lockdowns of the pandemic. And of course, we specifically felt that right here in northern Nova Scotia because we lost the ability to effectively trade with our natural trading partners uh, north of us in southern New Brunswick. So the maritime region has strong historic ties that have been restricted 
due to trade barriers, both interprovincially that continue to exist even uh, as we go through this pandemic, but also nationally, so between the U.S. and Canada. The economic strength of our region, of our maritime region, can be restored, and I believe now is the time to work on this. So stay tuned. I'll be sharing more about this, and I'll be working more on this in the year ahead in 2023. So back to local issues. Healthcare continues to dominate, and I will have a few things that I'm working on right now behind the scenes that I'm working on with some community members, all with the goal of improving access to care. Tuesday of this week, I am holding an event, so that's tomorrow, I'm holding an event called Fearless, Stand in Your Truth. In recognition of the National Day of Remembrance and Action on Violence Against Women, a group of survivors of gender-based violence have courageously agreed to share their stories as a part of Fearless, Stand in Your Truth event. I'm hosting this event as part of my ongoing efforts to bring about changes to better support survivors. Earlier this fall in the Nova Scotia legislature, I did table two related bills. The first one was to aimed at training and standardizing policies for law enforcement on how to address sexual assault cases. The second bill was introduced as an amendment to the Medical Act, and it would protect, protect the identity of any complainant from being released to an accused medical practitioner without appropriate notice being given to the complainant. So I'm not suggesting that information be kept from the physician, but what I am asking for in this bill is that when the information is shared, that the victim is first informed. Of course, both of these bills that I tabled in the fall legislature came as a result of the work that I do with individuals who are victims of sexual assault and violence, as well as domestic abuse. And over the last 30 years since the tragic events at Polytechnique in Montreal, the unfortunate reality is that there's still a great many individuals who experience gender-based violence as well as sexual assault and violence. Here, right here, in our own area of Cumberland County. This fearless event is intended to provide a forum for survivors to share their stories of overcoming abuse, to remember those lost to violence, and to support those who are living in abusive situations to find strength and encouragement and inspiration. The event, fearless event, is being held tomorrow, Tuesday, December the 6th at the Christ Church Hall and that's located at 5 Lawrence Street from 6.30 till 8.30 p.m. We have several people who will be sharing their stories of inspiration as well as some music, including Molly Ferdinand, Jamie Goodwin, Alicia Carter, Cecilia S. Brooks, among several others. Those attending can participate in what we're calling a sharing closet, and I'm calling it Kate's Sharing Closet. Following the presentations, everyone will have the opportunity to browse the items at no cost and to share. To, so bring what you would like to share with others and you can also take anything at all that would be helpful to you or to someone that you know. Light refreshments will also be served and there will also be a time at the end where people can share their ideas on how to improve the culture, services and supports around domestic abuse and violence and sexual assault both here locally 
and abroad. So I look forward for people coming. On the invitation I had put to RSVP here at the office, uh, you can still do that at 902-661-2288, or you can certainly attend without RSVPing. Everyone is welcome, all genders are welcome, and allies and supporters of victims of sexual violence and domestic abuse. As I close up today's MLA update, I would like to extend birthday greetings and anniversary greetings to anyone who is celebrating this week, including my dear sister, Lauren Smith, as well as John Calusa, who are celebrating today. Tomorrow, on December the 6th, I'd like to send greetings, birthday greetings to Kenzie Fisher, Jordan Borden, Ken McKenzie. Happy birthday. On Wednesday, Glenn Hudson, Heather Kinnear, and Michael Purdy. On Thursday, Tracy Pittman and Mary Haley Deegan are celebrating birthdays. And on Friday, Sarah Arsenault. And on Saturday, Terry Hartland and Mr. Steve Wells. I would also like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of Jamesy Agnes Kelly, Barbie Foster, Lucia Fields, Charles Alster James, Valerie Lynn Courier, Hazen Gray, Albert Verge, Sir Robert Bob Vernon Chapman, Deanna Parker, and Dale James Langell. And if you're aware of anyone else who has lost a loved one recently, please accept my condolences. As I end my MLA update today, I want to say Merry Christmas to everyone. We are now in the Christmas season, full on. People are shopping, people are going out to Christmas parties and celebrating. And I want to make mention of an event last week that took place with MAD, with the local chapter for MAD, which of course stands for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And I know our local law enforcement officers uh, wanted to make sure that people are reminded to never drink and drive. And Christmas is such an amazing time to be social and to enjoy time with family and friends. And often people partake in drinking some alcohol and or other uh, legal substances. But it's also very, very important that people do so responsibly. And that means to never get behind a wheel of a vehicle, never operate any vehicle under the influence. So I want to say thank you to all of our law enforcement officers for the incredible work that they do to keep our roads safe, but also just re to remind everyone listening to make sure that we all uh, drink responsibly, uh, party and socialize responsibly during this Christmas holiday season. And if you happen to be with a loved one, a, f a friend or family member who is under the influence and is tempted to get behind the wheel of a vehicle, to take responsibility and ensure that that person does not do so. And sometimes that means having uncomfortable conversations, but it's important to do so for the protection of that person as well as other people that may be on the road. So let's do all that we can to support one another, to protect one another, to have those uncomfortable, those difficult conversations, uh, but if it's, Im if it's imperative to do so for the protection and the safety of others, then please have the courage to do that uh, if you happen to be in a situation this Christmas season. Uh, where uh, alcohol may be involved. So I want to say thank you to 
Mad Canada, to Mothers Against Drunk Driving for the incredible work that they do. I know that the work that they do often comes from a place of deep personal pain and loss. And it's such meaningful, meaningful work. And I know if the work that Mad Canada does can prevent uh, one loss of life due to drinking and driving, then they've then they've accomplished um, something very important. So just a reminder to enjoy this this holiday season, this Christmas season, but do so in a responsible manner. Big shout out to all of our business owners, all of our entrepreneurs who are working so hard. For many of them, this is the busiest time of the year and the revenue that comes into their business during the month of December is often what makes a difference between making it or breaking. their business. So let's do all that we can also to support these incredible entrepreneurs and business owners here in the town of Amherst, in the village of Pugwash, Wallace, Malagash, all of Cumberland County, all of Nova Scotia, the maritime region. Let's do all that we can to keep our money in our local families, in our local communities as much as possible. And I want to say thank you to each and every entrepreneur and business owner. You truly are the backbone to our economy. And we appreciate you. I appreciate you. And I'm so thankful knowing that it is not easy. It is not easy being in business with increasing costs, electricity rates, payroll, wages, uh, just the stress uh, that comes with being a business owner and the risks that are involved are much greater than most people who have never been in business truly understand. But I want to say thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you. and, And please take care of yourselves during this Christmas holiday season as well. So that's it for my MLA update today on Monday, December the 5th. Please take care of yourselves, take care of others, and have a great week.